That's a clown question, bro. Hi, what's up, Anya? So I'm gonna kick some dirt. He gets on base. Just a bit outside. I'm not the type of player that's gonna be Johnny Hustle. If you don't want me to watch the ball, you can go get it out of the ocean. And welcome back to Above Replacement Radio, part two of episode 90. Actually, first we'll start off with a uh, little announcement where, uh, for history, we're going to be doing only a player or a team, only one subject matter per week. Usually we do player and team every week, but, uh, you know, we, we get busier here, you know, we're college students, so... We're going to be doing one subject matter per week, so it'll still be two episodes a week, but it won't be two. It won't be two parters, and we will be extending the series through pretty much the entire end of the off season. So yeah. it'll it'll all be spread out, and it'll be um, yeah, right right before that season uh, is planning to start. Yeah, I mean, for uh, as of right now, the way the schedule looks for us, the last history episode will be put out on april 1st opening day yeah yeah it ends perfectly and it's almost a year to the day of when we recorded uh the george brett 2012 tigers episode yes it'll it'll be coming pretty full pretty full circle and yeah the world is still going to be looking pretty similar (laughs) to (laughs) what it was uh about a year ago when we when we started this history series but anyway We'll have different visions, though. Like, back last April, we were like, oh, my God, this could go, like, until June. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now we're like, well, we might be back to normal by the time, like, this time next year comes. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah, we've, we might be back to normal by June 2021 or 2022. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, and then, and then last year, we were like, oh, my God. There's like 93 new cases just in our state today. <laughs> yeah. That's what we were like last year. Yeah. And like if someone you knew got it, it was like the biggest news of your yeah. month. Yeah, no. Now it's like, oh, another person I know got it. Okay. Well, right. I didn't see them too recently. I think I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. We're uh we're we're living with, with it now. But this is our uh fifth to let or would it be fourth to last team uh yeah yeah fourth I mean, to last team i don't know how math works um we're talking about the 2007 colorado rockies today you know not a uh complete comeback story but they were a team that um you know came out of nowhere in the month of september and absolutely uh you know, stole a, stole a wild card spot and, you know, had to fight it out even more in, uh, in game 163. But we will get to that. Let's start out with the context of the uh, 2007 Rockies season. So in 2006, the Rockies kind of had a par for the course year for what had been uh, the norm for their franchise in the first uh, deck, two and a half, I guess, decades uh, of their existence. They went 76 and 86 and 06. Uh, that was fourth in the NL West. Actually, it was a decade and a half. Um, they had never been to a postseason series. Uh, no, they had never won a postseason series going into 2007, and they only had one appearance. That was against the infamous 1995 Atlanta Braves, where they uh, won one game. So in the offseason, the Rockies signed Kazo Matsui as a free agent. They also signed LaTroy Hawkins, a reliever, as a free agent. 
They also made a trade. They traded Jason Jennings for the Astros for a package that included a 2005 Rookie of the Year finalist, Willie Tavares. And they signed Steve Finley, who was in his 40s at that point as a free agent. And they didn't really go into the season with with much expectations. The hardball times had them finishing last in the National League West. So there wasn't really much expectations, but they still seemed like a fun team to root for. In spring training, the Rockies put together a series of small videos that we will showcase uh, throughout this show. And uh, it showed parts of the clubhouse personality in Colorado. No, 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 no. Don't put them all in your mouth. Start small. You guys aren't ready for multiple seats yet. Good job, Troy. Baby steps. Yeah, put baby steps. Am I supposed to chew it or spit it? You're supposed to chew it and then spit it out. So, uh, nice little video there about sunflower seeds. And uh, by the way, this is going to be a very visual-based show, so if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I would very much recommend heading over to YouTube for this one, uh, because yes. there's going to be a lot of explanation, there's going to be a lot of sort of like small skits like that, and uh, it's not going to make much sense if you're only listening through audio. So with that being said, the Rockies had quite the challenging start uh, to the 2007 season. After they dropped the first game, the Rockies were trailing in the 11th inning against the Diamondbacks. And after a rookie by the name of Troy Tulowitzki hit a game-tying double, their catcher, Chris Iannetta, came up with two outs trying to win it. And I'm going to I'm gonna have to be the play-by-play guy here. So go ahead. We the line drive into the right field. The right field of the Diamondbacks goes back, and it hits off of his glove on the dive attempt, the Rockies score the game-winning run at the walk-off for the first win this season and the Rockies came back for a moment. So that's a big win there for the Rockies. They get their first of the season. And through two weeks, the Rockies were 5-8, and eight, uh, immediately four games down in the division. And uncharacteristically, the offense was struggling uh, through these two weeks with their 71 weighted runs created plus and their .1 FOR. Uh, being in the bottom third of the league. That's not good. Now on April 29th, at the end of the month, the Rockies were in a dogfight with the Atlanta Braves. In the seventh inning, the Rockies were in a jam, and reliever Zach McKellen was trying to get out of it. And he rips it to short. This could be a triple play. It will be. Unassisted. Troy Tulowitzki on a line shot with the runners moving. A triple play. It was... Chris, we have gone over many different things during this history series. This is our 26th team, I believe. Yes. Uh, never before, and never again, will we see an unassisted triple play, the rarest play in the history of baseball on one of these teams. Yeah, that's, uh, that's exciting stuff, you know? It's one of those things where, you know, all the, you know, the cheesy thing that commentators always say is like, you know, I think I've seen everything now. And, you know, it, things like that can be said when we've done, you know, 26 players, 26 teams, and this is the first time seeing such a play. And even that is, like, extremely lucky. There's only been, like, what, 15 or 16 of these in the history of the game, 150 years? Yeah, there's been more perfect games, more four, four home run games. More immaculate innings. Yeah, more 
all more than unassisted triple plays. The rarest play in the game. Like, it has to be very, very luck-based and situational. Like, it's got to happen with two on, none out, guys on first and second, both double steal, hit and run, line drive to a middle infielder who happens to be moving to, if it's a second baseman to his right, the shortstop to his left. Yeah, everything has to go right. Can't be a pop fly because that's just an infield fly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It has to be a line drive right at someone. Mm-hmm. That doesn't exactly happen. Yeah, there's, so a, later, there's, a lot that, there's a lot that is required. Yeah. And later in that same game, after Colorado scored two runs in the ninth to tie it, it went into extra innings and Matt Holliday came up in the 11th looking to play the hero. Two and two on Matt Holliday. And Matt drives one center field and deep. Get up. Two-run walk-off. It's all good now. Rockies win it 9-7 in 11. So Matt Holliday wins it right there on a walk-off home run. Very impressive stuff right there uh, from him. And as for the Rockies as a whole, they finished the month of August. Uh, they finished the month of April with an. 11 and do, 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 hold on a second cut this out they finished the month of april with a 10 and 16 record uh obviously not very good and they were in fourth place in the nl west and now we get into the stage of the rockies season where they're kind of back and forth uh the rockies spent the majority of may being mediocre uh they went they had an 8 and 12 record with a 5.63 team earned run average and that was worst in the worst in the majors their 5.63 strikeouts per nine over that time was also worst in the national league and the big problem with the pitching was the rockies bullpen uh, a 7.65 era was the worst in the national league and their 5.46 walks per nine were also the worst in the national league that from that bullpen and their 377 BABIP against was the worst in Major League Baseball. And after this, the Rockies turned it around and went on a seven-game win streak. Surprise, uh, surprise, surprise, the pitching was leading the way during the streak. Uh, a 1.97 ERA led the majors through this win streak. And from the individuals, uh, from the individualists, perspective jeff francis had two starts he went two and zero with a 1.23 era and uh closer brian fuentes had four saves and we're going to get into brian fuentes with the video right here what about fuentes performance in the night fuentes that kid saves everything doesn't he There, kitty, kitty. There you go, girls. Thank you, Mr. Fuentes. What's the matter, boy? No splashing. I like that. I like seeing that. That's that's some quality. Some quality content. Quality content right there. And... 
However, uh, the Rockies still had an uphill battle ahead of them. Uh, at the end of May, they were 25 and 29. And, you know, worst of all, last place in the National League West. So now they are still trying to get over the hump uh, heading into the summer. And on June 3rd, the Rockies were in extras against the Cincinnati Reds, and Garrett Atkins came up with the winning run in scoring position. And uh, I'm going to have to provide some of my own commentary on this. Go ahead. He's going to walk off in that game on a single by Garrett Atkins. Should have just had it. I should just had it muted the whole time, but yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> so days later, the Rockies were in a similar situation against the Houston Astros, and this time it was Troy Tulowitzki's turn to play the walk-off man. So he swings, hits a ground ball between the shortstop and the third baseman in the hole, and the Rockies score the winning run from third. They go on to win that game. Troy Tulowitzki plays the hero. All right, thank God that's the last video where I have to do that, luckily. <laughs> <laughs> so from June 9th until the 21st, the Rockies went stellar. They had a 9-2 record with great offense and great pitching, and the Rockies' team ERA was a full run better than the next best team. Theirs was a 245. The next best was a 356, so well above the next best team. And uh, we're going to look into that Rockies pitching staff just a little bit. Starting pitchers pitch every fifth day. That leaves us a little time to work out, study up on hitters, and help out around the clubhouse. We're just happy to help out where we can. So some more quality stuff there from the Rockies, this time from the rotation, not only on the field, but off. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so the rotation ERA had a 312 uh, ERA during this time, and the bullpen had an 091 earned run average. Uh, as you can imagine, that led the league. Matt Holliday was their best hitter over this time as well. He slashed 429, 520, 738, 1258, for a 527 Woba with the 215 weighted runs created plus. Also, Garrett, Garrett Atkins, Todd Helton, and Brad Hopp all had a weighted runs created plus above 115. And after this run, the Rockies were 38 and 34, uh, just four games over 500, three and a half games behind the division leaders. But unfortunately, they began to redig that hole that they had already created. The Rockies followed this up by going on the most brutal eight-game losing streak you can imagine. Four of the eight games that they lost on this win streak were on walk-offs, and in all four of those walk-offs, they were up to begin the last half inning. So that bullpen that had been so great for them with an 0-9-1 ERA, it, they completely ditched all that and blew four games, in a, uh, not in a row, but out of eight and all on the road. So that's bad. And before the All-Star break, the Rockies won six of their last eight heading into the All-Star break, finishing exactly 500 at 44 and 44. They were five and a half games back in the NL West. And now uh, it's the All-Star break. 
and Brian Fuentes and Matt Holiday represented Colorado in that all-star game. Matt, Ho- Matt Holiday at the break was absolutely killing it, had a 341 average, 392 on base percentage, 573 slugging for a 965 OPS. He also had 15 home runs, 56 RBI, a 412 Woba, 140 weighted runs created plus, and 3.2 F4 up to this point. And Brian Fuentes had 20 saves, which was fifth most in the National League. And Matt Holliday competed in the home run derby and went for big bombs in San Francisco. Seen anybody that went over the foul ball, not that way. Matt Holliday with four, and it looks like five going way back, 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 That's and way. gone! He's getting close to that Coke bottle. <laughs> During the season, there's a million dollars to hit the Coke bottle or something. I've never seen. So, Matt Holiday, absolutely, he you know he shows that the he doesn't need that Coors effect to hit the ball far. And he ended up going two rounds and hitting 13 home runs total uh, in that in that home run derby. A pretty good showing, relatively speaking. Yeah. So now we go into the second half, and on July 25th, starting pitcher Aaron Cook looked to begin re-steering the ship. Six and six, 4.37, the earned run average for Aaron. And the 0-2 to Giles. Swing and a miss, he got him. 2-0-6, and he'll swing and bounce it towards the hole off the glove of Khalil Green, the shortstop, and into left field. And Aaron Cook gets his eighth hit of the season. Cook's 2-2 again to Green. Strong on and miss. Got him down and away with a good slider. Cruises switch hitter in from the left side. Hits it right at the shortstop. Carroll flips to second. Matsui to first. Double play. Allowed three. Cook singles to right field through the hole on the right side. Going to second is Hop. He'll hold there. Aaron Cook with a two-for-three afternoon. Little inside-out swing. Cook grounds one back up the middle. That's a base hit to center field. He's got a three-hit day in addition to working on his seventh win of the year. Pitch. Fly ball to shallow right. Hop coming in on the ball. Racing up. He's going to get there. He's got it. That's the ball game. This one is a Rockies winner at Coors Field. So Aaron Cook with a remarkable three-hit game and a complete game. He got more hits than the other team scored runs. Uh, yeah, exactly. That is just a fact. And the Rockies, they weren't very active at the trade deadline, and they went into August 54-51, and 51, three and a half games back. But the Rockies sort of treaded water through the entire month of August. They went 15-14 and 14 during the month. And as the days kept passing, their playoff hopes would get slimmer and slimmer. And they didn't help their case to begin September either. They went 7-for-7 in their first 14 games of the month, putting them at 76-72, and fourth place in a loaded NL West, six and a half games out of the division, and four and a half games out of the lone wildcard spot in the National League. They also had the seventh best record in the National League. Not very good. So now, now it is time for the 
Rockies to go on, you know, throw a Hail Mary, get it going, and possibly, you know, steal a spot. And the Rockies had a big homestand against Los Angeles coming up, and they needed to be ready for the high altitude that was in store on at the stadium in Denver, Colorado. Gentlemen, you're at 5,280 feet. You are breathing 20% less oxygen than anyone else in the game of baseball. Suck it up. Quickly, quickly, high altitude. Water is your friend. Drink. I don't know what you have learned. Don't wear sunscreen, you'll get burned. High altitude baking men, more flour. Unbelievable. So some uh, some training in store, you know, high altitude training. You gotta you gotta you gotta be ready when you're up there in the mountains. So on September 16th, the Rockies won the last game of their home series against the Florida Marlins, who salvaged just a game in that series, and this led to a four-game set against the Los Angeles Dodgers. And after winning the first part of a day-night doubleheader. The Rockies were down eight to seven against the Dodgers closer uh, Takashi Saito, who they were 0-20 against this year. Oh, 0-420 against this year. Uh, down to their last out, Matt Holliday broke the streak on a single to right. After that, Todd Helton looked to play the hero. One and two. Holiday at first. Drive one high and deep right field. Get up and get out. Helton has done it. The Rockies win it. Todd Helton, the walk-off two-run shot. Colorado has swept the Dodgers. Eighth time on a walk-off win for the Rockies this year. Nobody's enjoyed it more than that. So a big, big clutch hit by uh, one of the greatest or probably the best Rocky of all time, especially for a guy who played his entire career there. Um, And in the clubhouse, this was the turning point where if anyone wasn't on board, uh, they were, if anyone wasn't on board, they definitely were now. That's the one. Todd had to do an interview after the game, so everyone was waiting for him. Out of respect for Todd, they did nothing until he got up to the clubhouse. He did his interviews and everything, and everybody was happy, but they waited for him to get in there. When he came into the locker room, everybody stood up and gave him a standing ovation. Everyone just started clapping, and everyone was giving him a high five. I think that kind of exemplifies the way we felt about him. I think that's how happy we were for him. It's pretty unusual in my four years. I've never seeing uh, you know a team you know uh, applauding a performance like that it was an emotional time there's no doubt about that but um it's one of those things where you know you kind of feel a little embarrassed about it and i'm just kind of like you know whatever let's just go on about our business or whatever but um it was great i remember going home that night and i was watching every news station just trying to live it again because you know walk-off home runs don't happen very much and when they mean as much as that one did Gosh, it makes it so much fun. To see him like that, to know that uh, 
that a leader like that for us was, was that excited and got us going. So, obviously, the, uh, the Rockies got around their leader, and they were pretty much dialed, 100% dialed in at, you know, taking those low odds and running with them. And the Rockies ended up sweeping the Dodgers, not only in that doubleheader, but in the four-game series. And Colorado then hit the road to San Diego. Uh, the leader... The San Diego were the leaders in the wildcard race, uh, and the Rockies were four and a half games back of them. Uh, in game one, deep into the 14th inning of a one-to-one game, Brad Hopp came up looking to untie this game. Here. High fly ball to deep center field. Did Hopp get enough of it? He did. Brad Hopp left on left. As soon as I hit, I think, I know that's got to be gone. If that's not gone, then I'm never going to hit a home run here in San Diego the other way. I mean, that ball not only went out, it went out. I mean, it wasn't, it was way out. You're kind of just sitting there looking at you, did that just happen right there? That's what I was up there to So Brad Hopp gets it done in extra innings to put them ahead 2-1, to one, and the Rockies won that game by that score. Uh, but it came at a cost. Matt Holliday was ruled out for the rest of the series uh, with an injury. And it didn't matter as the Rockies won the rest of the rest of the games in that series, six to two and seven to three to sweep the Padres. And all of a sudden things were looking very interesting for the Rockies. So now the Rockies coming out of San Diego went uh, just an hour North to LA and they swept the Dodgers in three. And after this, there were three games left to play. The Rockies were one game away from the Padres and just two away from the division-leading Arizona Diamondbacks, who they just so happened to be playing during the last weekend of the season. And while riding an 11-game win streak, a sweep could get them to the division. In game one, those hopes and dreams came to a halt. Two on Kaz. Well, let's hope he has to fly to go get one from Garrett. Not going to happen. The Arizona Diamondbacks end the Rockies' 11-game winning streak and severely damage Colorado's postseason aspirations. Behind Brandon Webb for seven innings, the Diamondbacks win it 4-2. to two. So the Rockies lose to the Diamondbacks. This puts them in. That puts Arizona in a playoff spot. They still didn't clinch the division, but, uh, you know, they were going to the playoffs. And even worse for the Rockies, the Padres won. So the only possible playoff scenario for Colorado is that they needed to win their last two games of the season with the Padres losing the last two. If they won both, but the Padres won one, it didn't matter. It had to be that. And even in that scenario, they would go to a tie-breaking game 163 on the season. On Saturday... The Milwaukee Brewers were down to their last out against the Padres. A, a San Diego win would ultimately eliminate Colorado. And Tony Gwynn Jr. was the Milwaukee batter facing Trevor Hoffman. Trevor Hoffman used to babysit Tony Gwynn Jr. when, you know, his dad played with Trevor Hoffman back in the 80s and 90s. And wouldn't you know it, 
he hits a game-tying triple. And eventually the Brewers would win it in the 11th on a Vinny Retino walk-off single. The Rockies did their part and it came to 162. The, pa- the Padres got up to an early 3-0 lead in game 162, but then proceeded to give up 11 unanswered runs to the Brewers. And the Rockies won. So with Tony Gwynn Jr. coming through for Colorado, it came down to a tie-breaking game 163 of the division. Uh, I've heard a lot of, you know, coincidental stories in baseball, Chris, but that's that might be the greatest one. Like a, like a kid who used to babysit. Uh, you know, messes with your playoff chances years later. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are the odds of that happening? Ever? Like, there's there's father-son combos. There's sibling combos. No, babysitter versus baby. Yeah, and the fact that, you know, it comes up in a... In a situation like, like that? In a desperate situation. <laughs> not, you know, it's not like some June 18th game mm-hmm. that doesn't have... A lot of meaning it's you know we're trying to get a playoff spot here and one of the teams had nothing to play for yeah right right the brewers had already been eliminated by that point they had nothing to play for but they still came out and played spoiler and caused for this game 163 and it was a big game in colorado and the rockies being at home needed every advantage they could get ah smoking fastball Sweet changeup. Ah, smooth slider. Oh. Oh, yeah. Hanging curveball. Cuban? So the Rockies uh, using the humidor and the Rocky Mountain Air to the advantage before this game. And in the game... The Rockies grabbed an early 2-0 lead on RBIs from Todd Helton and Garrett Atkins. And in the third, catcher Jorvit Torialba, Torialba uh, looked to tack on. But don't make a mistake, Tori. Down the line in left field. Back and gone. There's the mistake you may mention. Torialba's eighth home run of the year puts the Rockies on top 3-0. So Jorvet Torialba uh, makes it a three to nothing Rockies lead, and the Rockies they were lighting up Jake Peavy early in that one. However, Josh Fogg began, strugg- began struggling in the third. After loading the bases, Adrian Gonzalez came up for San Diego. Gonzalez to deep right field. Back goes Hop the wall it's gone grand slam for adrian gonzalez his 30th home run of the year and erases a three-run deficit with a grand slam my goodness what a turnaround that is he was just three for 12 with the bases loaded this year so the rockies all of a sudden after the grand slam are now down but uh, that took the mood pretty down pretty quickly. And San Diego would get another run in the third on an RBI from Brady Clark. So now the Rockies needed to get those runs back, and Todd Helton was up for the challenge. 
And a sacrifice fly in the first inning to pick up his 90th RBI. Now hits a towering fly ball to right. Giles back, and that is gone. Todd Helton's gone deep for the 17th time this season, and it's a one-run game. It's 5-4 to four Padres. This guy wants to get to the postseason more than any other Rocky. As long as he's played, he's never been in a postseason ball game, and he's trying his best already with two RBIs to put the Rockies there. Not so Todd Helton doing the thing, trying to get his team to the promised land for the first time, and for a few innings at this point, the score stayed pretty stagnant. And then... George Lewitsky let off the bottom of the fifth with a double, putting Matt Holliday in a big position to drive him in. Right in the center field, a base hit. Lewitsky being waved around. The throw from Clark is cut off, and the game is tied. Check out the swing, Don. So Matt Holliday ties it up, and the Rockies would later take the lead on a Kaz Matsui sack fly, but they would lose it on a Brian Giles double. So this game was tied in the ninth, and it went to extra innings. After Manny Corpus and Matt Herges shut it down for Colorado, it went into the 13th, where Jorge Julio looked to recover for Colorado after giving up a leadoff walk. Distract the pitcher enough. Hairston swinging away, sends it out towards deep left field. Back goes Matt Holliday. That ball is up and that ball is gone. A two-run home run for Scott Hairston has propelled the San Diego Padres to an 8-6 lead here in the 13th inning. Jorge Julio wild. And Hairston takes him out of the yard to give the Padres the lead. And right after. So San Diego hits a home run, two-run home run at that, and the Rockies are now three outs away from elimination. But Kazmatsui led off the bottom of the 13th with a double off of Trevor Hoffman, and all of a sudden there was hope. And afterwards, Troy Tulowitzki had possibly the last plate appearance of his Rookie of the Year campaign. Tulowitzki! Towards the gap in left center field. That's going to get down. Matsui scores easily. Tulowitzki to second, and he is just in safely. So Troy Tulowitzki hits the second straight double of the inning to start it, and all of a sudden it's just a one-run game. The tying run is now in scoring position, and it was Matt Holliday looking to wrap up his MVP campaign of the season. Came in hitting at 340. It has been a one for five night. To right field. Giles headed back. Giles at the track. He jumps and is unable to make the catch. Around from second base comes Tulowitzki. He will tie the score at eight as to third goes Holiday with a triple that has tied the game at eight in the 13th. And Matt Holliday ties the game in the 13th with no outs. The Rockies wasted no time getting those runs on the board. And all of a sudden, the game was tied. 
There were no outs, and the winning run was 90 feet away. After Todd Helton was understandably intentionally walked, Jamie Carroll came up for the Rockies, looking to end the game. Jamie Carroll, the batter. To right field. Giles is there to make the catch. Tagging his holiday. The throw to the plate. He is safe. The Colorado Rockies are the National League wild card winners. So the Rockies win the National League wild card there, going to the playoffs for the first time in 12 years on one of the most dramatic games ever played. Yeah, it, it is very much so. I mean, when you talk about game 163s in the history of baseball, that's the one. Yeah, that's – yeah, and like – and this was pre, you know, wild card game, so mm-hmm. this was like a great intro to what the playoffs were going to be. Yeah. I mean, game 163, it's obviously a very rare occurrence, but anytime there is one, like in 2018, there was two, immediately you bring this game to light. It's like, hey, remember this game? Remember the Rockies versus the Padres? Yeah, this one and uh, Tigers Twins back in in 09, I think. Yeah. Incredible game from the Rockies, and they're going to the postseason, and we're going to take a look at the Rocky Mountain Rockstars on this team. We're going to start with Matt Holiday, of course who hit 340, 405, 607, 1012 with a 151 OPS plus, 36 home runs, 137 RBI, and he led the NL in doubles with 50, average total bases with uh, 386. And this is the most recent season in baseball history with 50 doubles, a 340 average, and 10 stolen bases. Oh, uh, that is a how about that if I've ever heard one. Oh boy, I uh, I sneak attack you with those usually. Yeah, well, I had my I usually have the thing open, but I checked Twitter to see to see the news. Yeah, nothing. You're just waiting on Trevor Bauer. Yeah, uh, say that one again. Matt Holiday has the most recent season in baseball history with 50 doubles, a 340 average, and 10 stolen bases. And this gave him second in the MVP vote. He lost to Jimmy Rollins, but he'd be facing him in the playoffs, so he'd have a chance to avenge that. Troy Tulowitzki slashed 291, 359, 479, 838 in his rookie season with a 109 OPS plus, 24 home runs, 99 RBIs. This got him second in the rookie of the year vote and 18th in the MVP vote. Also, Brad Hopp slashed 291, same as Tulowitzki, 387, 539, 926 for a 130 OPS plus, 29 home runs, 116 RBIs. And this got him 24th in the MVP vote. Also on the mound, Jeff Francis, uh, you know, on a team that struggles with pitching historically in that ballpark, did pretty well for himself. 17 and nine record, a 4.22 ERA, 1.14 ERA plus, 2.6 walks per nine, and ninth in the Cy Young vote. Also, Clint Hurdle, the manager, he finished third in the manager of the year voting. Todd Helton as well, 320, 434, 9, 
494 for a 928 OPS, 133 OPS plus, 17 RBI, 91 runs batted, or 17 home runs, 91 RBI, and 116 walks. The 2007 Rockies are the most recent team to have two players, that being Holiday and Helton, with a 400 plus OBP and 40 plus doubles. Also coming out of the bullpen, Bryant Fuentes, Manny Corpus, Jeremy Affeld, and Latroy Hawkins all had an ERA plus above 130 and at least 55 innings pitched. And the Rockies are now in the National League Division Series against the Philadelphia Phillies. And in game one, the Rockies got off to a quick start with a three-run second uh, on an Atkins double, a Torrealba single, and a Tulo walk. Later in the game, Aaron Rowan and Pat Burrell uh, hit back-to-back home runs to make it 3-2. However, the Rockies got one back in the eighth on a Matt Holiday home run, and the Rockies won game one 4-2. Now in game two, Colorado up 1-0, and Colorado got another quick start on back-to-back home runs from Tulo and Holiday. However, the Phillies later took the lead on three RBIs from eventual MVP winner Jimmy Rollins. And then... It was time for Kazo Matsui to take over. Matsui hits it in the air towards center field. Going back is Rowan. It's over his head. It'll bounce off that side wall out by the 409 sign, and Matsui will have a double. Well, Rowan learned his lesson from yesterday. That was in a similar spot where Todd Helton hit a ball, and it got by him. Fans on their feet, waving those white towels. Here's Loesch ready, the one-two. Swung on, hit high and deep to right field. That ball's going. It ain't coming back. A grand slam for Kazmatsui. You talk about coming up big. Kazmatsui hits it out to right. It's a slam, and the Rockies have the lead back here in the fourth. It's 6-3. to three. Kaz had only hit four home runs all year, and it, for whatever reason in baseball, Jeff, it is so rare that after a guy hits a loud foul ball that he gets an even better swing on the next pitch. But, boy, did he. That was a no-doubter well back into the right field bleachers. Second season with the Phillies. Matsui drives it towards right center field, and this is headed to the wall. Torrey Alba will score. Matsui thinking three. He'll make the turn on his way to third, and he's in there. A double, a homer, and a triple for Kaz Matsui, and the Rockies lead it 9-3. Fifth run batted in for Kaz. Kaz had six triples during the regular season, and once that ball hit and ran, it was a no-doubter. He was going to have another three today. Rockies with eight hits on the day and seven of them for extra bases. So Kaz Matsui takes over in that game, and he became the first player in postseason history to record a double, a triple, a home run, and five, five RBIs in a postseason game. Uh, There is one other person to have done that since, and it is uh, Brock Holt in his cycle. So that's understandable. The Rockies go win 10 to 5. They are one game away from their first playoff series victory. So now we go to game three. The series shifts to Colorado, 
And after Ubaldo Jimenez and Jamie Moyer went scoreless for the first half of the game, in the fifth, Jimenez bunted a runner over to second, and Kaz looked to drive him in. Matsui to left field. Burl on the move. He does. Can't get it. It's by him. Tori Alba from second. Heading for third is Matsui. The throw there is not in time, and the Rockies strike first. Burl was kind of gliding, and he can't get to it. So Matsui keeping the magic alive for he and the Rockies. However, the Phillies would tie the game in the seventh on a Shane Victorino home run. And in the bottom of the eighth, Atkins and Hop each hit two out singles and put runners on the corners for pinch hitter Jeff Baker. Nine pinch hits during the season. On the ground and through into right field, a base hit. Garrett Atkins from third puts the Rockies on top, two to one in the last of the eight. Fastball down, he went the other way. The runner being held on, he's got a hole to work with. Good piece of hitting by Baker, smart piece of hitting. So Jeff Baker puts the Rockies out in front in the bottom of the eighth. They were now three outs away from the National League Championship Series, and Manny Corpus looked to get them there. On the ground right side, Matsui to first. The Colorado Rockies are headed to the National League Championship Series for the first time in their franchise history. They're going crazy at Colorado. For the first time in franchise history, the Colorado Rockies have won a playoff series. They swept the Philadelphia Phillies, and they are going to fight for the National League pennants. In the series, Kaz Matsui was obviously the number one performer. He slashed 417, 500, 1083 for a 1583 OPS with one home run and six RBI. Also, Jorvit Torrealba slashed 500, 583, 600 for an 1183 OPS with three RBI. Matt Holliday also slashed 231, 231, 692 for a 923 OPS. He didn't get a lot of hits, but when he did, he made them count. He had two home runs and had three RBI. Also, the team had a 2.23 ERA during the series, and the Rockies were on to face the division rivals in the Arizona Diamondbacks. So in game one, after the teams traded runs through the first two innings, uh, Kaz Matsui looked to untie it in the third. By the way, we have the Spanish broadcast of this one. Yes. Uh, for this game, though. And you can also hear an English thing, like, over it as well. Yeah. It's very interesting how it works. 
que se envasaba Taveras era con una base por bolas era como un doblete mira cómo le brincó ahí la pelota lo ha visto para el izquierdo la pelota pica de hit y los Rockies van a tomar la ventaja responde Kaz Matsui con imparable productor para Jardín Izquierdo Anota Taveras y esto se pone 2 a 1 en favor de los Rockies en la parte alta de la tercera entrada. So Kaz Matsui, obviously, as you heard, RBI single uh, over the shortstop's head for a base hit. This is, I kind of, I want more broadcasts like this where it's both of them overlaying each other. I, I mean, that's just a, that's, that's a headache. <laughs> I, I prefer. I, I think prefer it'd be great to listen to that with Joe Buck combined. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't know. It would be funny to hear the Joe, like the 2011 Joe Buck of Spanish baseball, like he esta pelota es no no. How do, you, how do you say back at the wall in Spanish? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> just just kind of deadpanning it. Um, yep. But yeah, Kaz Matsui unties it with an RBI single, and later in the inning. Brad Hopp uh, looked to add another run to the score column of the Rockies. Empatada uno y ya le pegaste su número uno del piso. Responde Hopp, atazo de hit para Jardín Derecho, anota Matsui. Holiday también anota, otras dos para los Rockies. Responde Brad Hopp con imparable productor para Jardín Derecho y esto está ya 4 a 1 en favor de Colorado. En la parte alta de la tercera entrada. So Brad Hopp hits a two-run single to make it four to one, Colorado Rockies. And Jeff Francis came up big in this game, going six and two-thirds in his pitch and allowing just one earned run. And the Rockies won that game five to one. And now in game two, the Rockies got it started is your Vittoria Alba hit a two-out RBI single in the second. It was later tied on a Chris Young RBI single, and in the seventh, it was a two-to-one Rockies lead, and, two, and Tony Clark came up with a man on first, trying to tie the game. Hawkins with a 2-2 two -two to Clark. Driven towards right center field, Tavares on the run, dives and makes the catch! Willie Tavares with the defensive play of the night, and the Rockies stay on top. What an effort by Willie Tavares, going to deep right center, dove and caught the ball. Funny to, funny to see Tony Clark in action after we've talked so much about the MLB players. Yeah, people forget he actually played baseball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's uh there's he's there's the highlight of the MLB Players Association leader. Mm -hmm. Uh anyway, Manny Manny Corpus looked to close game 2 out, but the Diamondbacks tied the game in the ninth. And the game went into extras and in the 11th the Rockies loaded the bases on a single and two walks. And with two outs in the inning, Willie Tavares came up looking to tie it. And his first pitch is on the way. And it's low and a nice play by Snyder to prevent a wild pitch. Ball one. 
They're loaded with two outs, so 1-0, and that's high. Ball 2-2-0. Two, two Valverde struggling with his command right now. And his 2-0 pitch on the way. Ball 3. 3-0. Three Valverde, you can just tell his shoulders just dropped after that last pitch. A 3-0 count on Willie Tavares. Out of the stretch, ready. Here's the pitch. He walked him, and the run comes in to score, and the Rockies get the lead back. A nice go-ahead walk for Willie Tavares there. Uh, it counts as an RBI, and the Rockies ended up winning that game three to two, going going up 2-0 in the series, heading back home. And in game three, the Rocker the Rockies got another quick start as Matt Holliday hit a solo home run in the first inning. The game would be tied in the fourth on a Mark Reynolds home run. And the game stayed tied for a while as both pitchers were dealing. In the sixth, Josh Fogg looked to solidify his already great outing. Over at third, Garrett Atkins pounds at his glove. The defenders come to their toes on 2-2. A cutter inside corner, strike three. Reynolds unhappy with the call, but Mark, it was strike three. He goes down on strikes, and Diamondbacks again come up empty with a runner in scoring position. They remain tied in this game, one apiece. So Josh Fogg with a with a uh, with a great uh, pitch, a great payoff pitch uh, with a man in scoring position to solidify to uh, give the. Diamondbacks a scoreless inning and now is the offense's turn in the bottom of the in the bottom half of the inning your Victoria Alba came up with two on looking to untie this tied game swing drive left field deep Burns going back the ball is out of here So now the Rockies are up in this game and the Rockies ended up winning that game by the score of four to one. And in game four with the uh, opportunity to clinch the series, the game was low scoring early as it was one, nothing Diamondbacks in the fourth, in the bottom of the fourth, Brad Hopp and Troy Tulowitzki uh, both walked setting up for Seth Smith with two, two men on and two men out. One, two, pitch, fisted toward left, trouble, and it's fair, it's fair, and two are going to score. Smith on his way to second with a pitch hit double, and the Rockies are in front.
So Seth Smith delivers and gives the Rockies the lead in the clinching game. And two batters later, Kaz Matsui looked to tack on more for the Rockies. Nice. Center field, it's three to one. Tavares stops at second. Twelve runs with two outs in the series, and the Rockies have a two run lead. So now a three one Rockies lead for the for Colorado. And the Rockies were not done yet. They were two on and two out, and the batter was MVP candidate himself, Matt Holliday. Swing, fly ball, center field deep. Young to the wall. So now the game is seemingly out of reach for the for the Arizona Diamondbacks, and it was a six to one Rockies lead. And after Matt Hurges, Latroy Hawkins, and Brian Fuentes shut it down, it was Manny Corpus on to end this game. Check swing roller to Lewitsky. So the Rockies are National League champions against all of the odds. You know, a month prior, it seemed that they were just going to be another third place, fourth place team in the National League West. And here they were winning the National League pennant. And the contributors, Matt Holliday was the biggest. He won NLCS MVP slashing 333, 412, 733 for an 1145 OPS with two home runs and four RBI. Brad Hopp also doing damage, slashing 333, 529, 333 for an 863 OPS, with two RBI and five walks. And Manny Corpus went five to third, allowing just one earned run and saving two of those four ball games. And the entire Rockies staff was spectacular with a team ERA of 1.89 and now after a long uh, a long break they go to boston for the world series so the rockies are in fenway park america's most beloved ballpark for the world series and after the red sox scored three in the first troy tulowitzki came up in his first world series appearance trying to chip away in the second inning 
Seems we had a problem with the audio transfer here, so we're taking a look at Troy Tulowitzki hitting a deep shot over to left center field. That is going to be uh, fielded by Jacoby Ellsbury. That's going to drive in Garrett Atkins and make it a 3-1 to one ball game for the Colorado Rockies, bringing them within two. So Troy Tulowitzki hits an RBI double off the Green Monster, making it a 3-1 game. Unfortunately, Jeff Francis and the Rockies pitching struggled through this one. The Red Sox ended up taking game one by the score of 13 to one. Wasn't very close. So now we go into game two. The Rockies were threatening early against possibly soon to be Hall of Famer Kurt Schilling and possibly soon to be Hall of Famer Todd Helton looked to give them an early lead. Ground ball yanked to the right side. A run will score the toss to first base, and Colorado takes a one to nothing lead here in the first inning. So Schilling, a little bit wild, hitting a batter, and it costs him. As Tavares touches home, and Helton picks up the RBI on the ground out. So Todd Helton picks up an RBI, puts the Rockies in front in the World Series, and Ubaldo Jimenez was lights out for the first few innings, but. He gave up a run in the fourth and a run in the fifth, which made it 2-1 Red Sox, and the Rockies weren't able to get any more offense going, and that would be the final score. So the Rockies go into Colorado immediately down 2-0, uh, and they needed to, to fix up what they were doing. So now in game three, uh, Josh Fogg struggled as he gave up six in the third. The game seemed over at this point, but the Rockies, they kept fighting. After Todd Helton and Garrett Atkins produced one-out walks in the sixth, Brad Hopp looked to drive them in. At the plate. And a little flare into left center field. A base hit. Here comes Helton, and the Rockies are on the board. Six to one here in the sixth. So Brad Hopp puts the Rockies on the board, and the next batter in the inning was Jorvit Torrealba. Torrealba grounds a base hit in the left. Atkins to the plate. It's a four-run game. String hits back to back to back. So the Rockies are getting something going here. They were chipping away, and they weren't done in the inning. Matsui and Tulo led off the bottom of the seventh, each with a pair of singles. And afterwards, Matt Holliday was up to do his thing. With a 340 average. And he shoots one into center field. Back at the wall, three run home run. And it's a one-run game.
So Matt Holiday makes it a one-run game, and he hits a home run nearly identical to the one that he hit in Game 4 of the NLCS. After this point, unfortunately, Brian Fuentes and LaTroy Hawkins uh, each gave up runs. The Red Sox ended up winning this game 10-5, to and the Rockies were one game away from elimination. So now moving into Game 4, the Red Sox got off to a 3-0 lead as the Rockies couldn't touch John Lester. In the seventh inning, Brad Hopp led off, looking to chip away. Hopp and to right at the track, at the wall. The Rockies are on the board. Three to one. So Brad Hopp with a big home run to get them within two. And in the next inning, the Rockies once again found themselves down three as the Red Sox got one of those runs back. And Garrett Atkins came up with a man on, looking to inch just a little closer. That is a shot in the left. Back at the wall, it's a one-run game. So Garrett Atkins homers to make it a 4-3 game, but remember, the Rockies, they were still down one in the game. And in the ninth, with Seth Smith batting, they were down to their final out in the series. Game over, series over, and the Red Sox are world champs again. So the Rockies get swept out of the World Series by the Boston Red Sox, ending their hopes and dreams on the 2007 season. In the series, Todd Helton slashed 333, 412, 467 for an 878 OPS. Brad Hopp also had a home run and two RBI. And Manny Corpus, throughout the whole postseason, was excellent. He gave up. He pitched 10 in the third innings, gave up one earned run for a 087 ERA, and had five saves. Really impressive stuff from him. As for the legacy of this team, they became the most memorable and essentially the best team in franchise history. To this day, they're the only team to have ever won a playoff series, I believe. Nonetheless, they got to the World Series. So that's obviously a big deal for a city that hasn't seen too much success in their brief time as a major league team. But this is the team that really they look back on uh, with the most success. And they went on a monumental run. Chris, they had absolutely... No business being where they were uh, at the end of the season, looking at where they were a month before Jonathan Pavelbon threw that final strike. I mean, they weren't supposed to be in the World Series. They weren't supposed to be playing a game 163. They were supposed to be not even in the top half of that division. They were supposed to be 
lucky to get fourth essentially uh, with just where they were before they won. uh, They won 11 in a row and then won three in a row to end the regular season. They also established the legacies of guys like Todd Helton, who played in his first postseason with the team, Tulowitzki, who, you know, had a great rookie of the year campaign, and also Matt Holiday, who had his best season as a Rocky. Uh, do you have anything to add to that? Um, one thing, I guess this kind of uh, would offend the, you know, Rockies franchise, but if we didn't have, if, if the Rockies didn't come back and, you know, have this monumental run, what other what other Rockies team would we have been able to put out there? <laughs> I'm so glad that this team existed. Um, yeah, I mean, it would have literally been like the 2018 Rockies who got swept in the postseason. I don't know. <laughs> probably, probably, I probably would have been that one because I could be like, well, they won the wild card game against the Cubs. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it would have been it would have been the the 2013 Pirates. Uh, all over well, at least the Pirates put up a good fight in that series. The Rockies didn't in that yeah, one. But yeah. they, they did great this year. Yeah, at least, uh, yeah, at least the Pirates, you know, had a battle with the with the Cards that year. Yeah. But yeah, if if this team like this, yeah, this is the banner team for sure of the of the franchise in their twenty eight year history, I believe at this point. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And uh, it's probably going to be their banner team for a while after they traded nice. Nolan Arenado. <laughs> but Rockies fans, times like these, they might not be close, but they are going to come eventually. Yes, hope, hopefully. And I have one last thought. I know this is super cliche, but uh, they were a really loose bunch. And there's one video of theirs that, I, that we have not shown yet. And I left this one for the end because it's probably my favorite one. And it's one that really the whole team uh, participated in. Are you sure we're allowed to do this? Yeah. 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 Come on, Hirsch, we just do it. it. What am I supposed to do? Well, they sleep standing up, so just go up and push. Then what? What do you mean, then what? It'll tip over. It's hilarious. What other team is doing that? Like we've seen some pretty good promotional videos in spring training. Who else is doing that? Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, exactly. So that was, that was the one thing I wanted to end this show on. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, for sure. And like, did they make those before the 07 season? No, in 07 spring training. Yeah. So that's interesting. Cause they, they didn't really, uh, like, it's not like they had, that much success beforehand so they but like yeah. they just went i mean like not to roast another team here but the mariners put out the best spring training videos every year so i don't think success dictates who puts out the best videos yeah that's true that's true um but yeah i guess um i guess that's where we leave off on the 2007 rockies and um you know normally normally we're selecting the normally we are selecting the players and teams randomly of course you know we've gone through the process but uh this week you know for the first part of our history episode we uh you know had our first first ever guest on the history series so we had him pick the team so we're gonna go head over to that and uh conclude the episode
And now we are on to our favorite uh, part of the episode with uh, a familiar face from our Tom Seaver part of the episode, Mr. Marty Dobra. He will be doing the honors of picking our players and teams. Uh, for those unaware, we're on our last five players and teams. Every five weeks, we reshuffle. Um, so, yeah, Daniel has a list of his originally had a list of 30 teams. I originally had a list of 30 players, and it's been all the way down to five. So, um, uh, first, yeah, we'll start off with the player, uh, Dan or uh, <laughs> Marty. What, uh, which player are we going to be talking about next week? Player number one, player number two, player number four, or player number five? Let's go with player number four. Player number four, kind of the same era as Mr. Tom Seaver, except he was doing it from the offensive side. Um, he's a, he's sort of another guy that brought hope to a franchise um, who hadn't seen any success prior, except, you know, this team's history was very long. And he is the greatest third baseman of all time. Next uh, week, we're going to be talking about Mike Schmidt. Michael Jack Schmidt. Yeah. Uh, Great, so that, great hitter. Yeah, yeah I, I remember uh, many a Mike Schmidt home run sailing far over the left field wall at, uh, in games against the Mets. So it brings back some, some tough memories, but yeah, phenomenal player. You know, this is almost full circle because the very first player we did on the history series was George Brett. And wow. uh, so that is both of the 1980 uh league MVPs, both in the American League and the National League. Both of them are third basemen. Both of them matched up in that World Series. Uh, so that's almost kind of full circle to go from the beginning to the end of the history series with those two. Yeah, I mean, two two just tremendously gritty players. I was, I mean, I always loved watching George Brett play also. It was just someone who had a, you know, a, a great fire, a great intensity. I know we just, this, uh, this week, saw the uh, retirement of Dustin Pedroia with the, the Red Sox. And George Brett played the game in a very similar fashion with this just relentless sense of effort that's being expended. And you always thought the guy was going to hurt himself uh, because of the way that he played, you know, full tilt constantly. I remember hearing him interviewed once about this and being asked, uh, you know, why is it, you know, do you ever think it might make sense to sort of ease up a little bit and conserve some energy? And what he said is that he didn't ever want to get to the end of his career and look back and think that he could have done more. And I, I've always thought, what a great life philosophy. I mean, that's, that's really when you have something that you're passionate about, uh, you really want to give it your very utmost effort. Give it, give it all, lay it all out on the field. Absolutely. So yeah. now, now we are going to be talking about the team uh, for next week. Marty, this is a list one through four because Chris picked number five last week. Right, I'll go with number three this time. Team number three. Uh, in our last five uh, teams, three of them were NLS teams. We are now down to just one. And this is a team, fun fact, Marty, you have selected the oldest team on the list, this is a team that won the World Series on the back of one of the most iconic home runs through the history of baseball. It is the 1988 Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's that was a memorable, uh, memorable 
World Series and a memorable home run that you referenced, no doubt about it, and a memorable call for that home run. Absolutely, Jack Buck on the call for that one. Yeah. Two two memorable calls. Yeah, Buck, That's true. Buck and Scully. And Scully's yeah. yeah yeah. This is actually the first LA team finally, because the <laughs> Angels are still on the list, so the Dodgers just got selected, and um, yeah, this is um. Kirk Gibson obviously was on this team. This is the year that uh, Tommy Lasorda went at it with the Philly Fanatic. Um, this is the year that Oral Hershiser had, I, th- I think he still has the longest scoreless inning streak. He had like 55 innings, I want to say. Yeah. This was that happened in September of this year. So very memorable season for the Los Angeles Dodgers, and we will be covering it next week. Yeah, and Scully, uh, Scully in that call, call said, in a year that's been so improbable. So I'm looking forward to seeing – what was so improbable about this season. So um, we hope you enjoyed the 2007 uh, Rockies part of the episode. Um, If you're listening on Apple podcasts or Spotify and want to watch uh, the videos with us, go to our YouTube channel. It is called above replacement radio. Uh, If you want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta, follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran and uh, Marty, you have a Twitter, correct? I do. Uh, not hugely active, but at Marty Dobrow. At Marty Dobrow. You know, look for that occasional Marty Dobrow tweet. I actually just sent one out yesterday, which is a you know a rare occasion for me. So, I have I have notifications on your Twitter account, so I I for sure saw that one. Okay, good. That's an interest, interesting story. Uh, that I think you might. It was uh, you were you wrote for the Washington Post. I did. I wrote. I How about that? Post yesterday. So. Yeah, that is wow. a big deal. So yeah, you definitely know that we have a uh, we have a very credible uh, person uh, as our guest uh, on on the Tom Seaver part of the episode. And uh, also, if you want to follow the show Instagram, go to our Instagram. It is called it is uh, at Above Replacement Radio. So, and also we would like to thank uh, Stathead, Fangraphs, Baseball Reference, and uh, MLB on YouTube for MLB all of their contributions to the show. And we hope you enjoyed the 2007 Rockies part of the episode. And we hope to see you next week on Tuesday, where we're going to be talking all MLB news and on Thursday, where we will be talking about Mike Schmidt. See you then.